Welcome to the Boiled Sports Predicto. Hi again, everybody. It's time for your favorite podcast ever, the Boiled Sports Predicto. This week, Purdue hosts Rutgers and only the second matchup ever between these two since Rutgers joined the Big Ten. Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. First, Martin Vintage, where you can get truly wonderful, soft, comfortable Purdue t-shirts. You can also get a 15% discount if you enter Boiled at checkout. Visit martinvintage.com. Thanks also to AJ's in West Lafayette. Excellent comfort food and tons of beers on tap. AJ's Burgers Beef Beer. EatAJ's.com. And of course, Gridiron Metalworks, your solution for the hard-to-shop-for person. Grill grates, griddle grates, and home and office decor branded to your favorite college team, armed service, or civic organization. Gridiron Metalworks, gridironmetalworks.com. Purdue fans are still understandably salty about the screw job received by the officials in the loss last Friday night at Minnesota. And let's just pause to address the idiot Minnesota fans, I'm repeating myself, I realize, making dumb claims about that ending. Like, just shut your face, admit you got a beautiful gift to go kick off the holiday season. Uh, there's, of course, the popular Purdue left points on the field in the first half, as though that somehow changes the fact that Purdue won the game and had it taken away from them. Uh, or the fully brain-dead Purdue still had a chance, but through an interception, as though having another chance is somehow the same thing. They had already executed beautifully, but now they should have just, I guess, done it again? To say nothing of the dopiness it takes to not understand that the pick that Plummer threw would not have occurred had the touchdown stood as it should have. This whole, oh, but he still threw a pick, it's moot if the game's called correctly, right? Um, And it's not like anyone's whining for a PI that wasn't called. This is a horrid OPI that didn't happen. And you could argue that phantom penalties are worse than missed penalties. On to Rutgers, though, and I hope Purdue's players and coaches can shake off the Minnesota stink better than we can. In the only other Purdue-Rutgers game since Rutgers joined the Big Ten, Anish and yours truly attended in scenic New Brunswick, New Jersey, and saw Purdue's 14-12 loss, which was a big oofa. Um... Is it worth mentioning here that Jeff Brom's Purdue record is currently 19-23? and 23? Um, I guess only if you consider the fact that Danny Hope's record after 42, came, 42 games was also 19-23. and 23. Uh, Maybe Hazel as the buffer, which was 9-33 and 33 after 42 games and fired, uh, was enough of a palate cleanser and maybe a reminder of just how bad things can be. Um, I don't know, but I do know that the Brom promise has led to some fun wins, raised expectations, a significant uptick in recruiting, and renewed fan enthusiasm. But it also needs to lead to some program-raising consistency, too. And I think we can agree that that needs to start with Rutgers on Saturday. So first up in the Predicto is Boiler Dad. All right. So in the first three seasons of Jeff Brom's coaching era at Purdue, the team has suffered through three-game losing streaks. Right now we're in the second game of a losing streak. But this season is pared down, pared down to about 66% of a normal season. So I think the losing streak stops to tomorrow, uh, as I record. It's Friday. I think Purdue beats Rutgers, and I think it's going to come down to the offense uh, looking like they're in rhythm, playing a better game. Rutgers' speed on defense will create some problems for Purdue early, I believe. Um I think they're a fun defense to watch, and their offense actually is super fun to watch because they call a lot of trick plays like Jeff Brom and our Purdue Boilermakers used to. Purdue wins 32 
to 23. And the Boilers get back on track with Jack the Snack doing his thing. Next, we move on to a guest appearance from Michael. Welcome back, Michael, to the Predicto. With Aiden O'Connell needing surgery and Big George out due to COVID restrictions, Purdue is once again down some of their main players. However, Plummer played fairly well last week. King Daru came back and did well, too. Um, Rondell Moore obviously had a really great game. And this team looks like they are have the right pieces in place to be successful. They haven't been able to close out the last two weeks, but Rutgers isn't the same as um, Northwestern, for example. So, barring any uh, really bad calls, um, they should be able to pull this one out. So I'm going to go ahead and predict a Purdue win. I've been really optimistic. Predict a, predicted a Purdue win the last four games, but I'm going to go ahead and predict one. We'll say 31 to 24. Next, we move on to uh, Anish, who, it should be noted, puts out Thanksgiving power rankings on Twitter every year. Um, and so you should go check that out and tell him how wrong he is about so many of the things. I, I looked at some of them and I saw in past years I, I commented on some of them, but it, there's just no point. In, you know, Anish cannot be stopped. He's a maniac. But let's hear what he thinks about the Rutgers game. Aside from the Northwestern game, Purdue has scored 24, 31, and 31 points. And given the inconsistency of this defense, I don't think we can feel comfortable uh, with any game when Purdue scores less than 30 points. So that has to be the target. And I think that's pretty consistent through the Brom era, regardless of the competency of the defense. Now, the frustrating part um, is that at least this year, or in, in previous years, we've seen the offense get consistent, cons- consistently to that level, both uh, from a yardage point of view and from you know a scoring perspective. The frustrating part is seeing over 400 yards per game scored, uh, or uh, 400 yards per game achieved uh, on average, 320 passing, 80 yards rushing, and not seeing it reflected in terms of you know the points converted um my biggest pet peeve is kicking a field goal in uh inside the red zone because you spend all that effort getting into the red zone and you have you know you have kind of the luck of a field goal and only three points to go from it um and when you have a high-powered offense like this a supposedly great uh offensive play caller i do think brahm still is but this year has been really inconsistent from that point of view and then two of the best wide receivers in the country settling for a field goal inside the 20 is pretty unacceptable to me um and so you hope I have to think that Plummer gets the nod again. And from gold, this note from Golden Black um, Illustrated, you should get a subscription if you don't already have one. Um, tells is shows us that I'm pulling it up. Less than forty five percent of the time we get into the end zone ends in a uh, or in the red zone ends in the end zone and with with the touchdown. Forty five percent. That is nowhere close to good enough. And last year, I think Purdue was somewhere over 70% converting a touchdown in the red zone. That is where this offense needs to be. That is the level that this offense gets to uh, needs to get to, particularly with Rondell Moore uh, playing. Again, I think I have no, there's no reason to think he doesn't play this week. So red zone conversion for touchdowns, not just points, but for touchdowns needs to be much higher. Um, And the problem when you settle for field goals inside the 20 
is that you let high variance things like J.D. Dellinger happening to miss a field goal, even though he's an excellent kicker, or, you know, things at the end of a game, like the worst pass interference penalty that you'll ever see, you'll let those uh, start to define the game and not Brahms' offense. That's where these things go wrong. Brahms' offense is powerful enough that every time is strong enough, is um, you should be reliable enough that every time you get into the end zone, you need to be going, or at red zone, you need to be going for the end zone. So getting to, you know, Rutgers, we should... We should be hoping to see the, you know, terror in uh, Greg Schiano's eyes, seeing Rondell Moore for the first time since being the defensive coordinator for Ohio State for the Tyler Trent game. Um, Rutgers isn't particularly impressive on any side of the ball, uh, but they're not a pushover like they have been um, in previous years. They Last week, they hung in uh, three overtimes with uh, Michigan, even though Michigan hasn't looked particularly great. They uh, hung close to an Illinois team that, again, also isn't a pushover like they usually are. But they beat Michigan State earlier this week. So Rutgers isn't terrible, but uh, Purdue needs to blow their doors off this week, uh, both to give the team confidence moving, moving forward and to kind of salvage this season if we hope to have anything over a 500, um, you know, 500 winning percentage season. We, we need this one. This becomes... Uh, you know, a must win. The spread this week is 12. Purdue is favored. The over-under is pushed all the way up to 62. Honestly, I think that's a good over-under. I wouldn't bet that, but I would bet Purdue to cover this. I think the team feels, um, you know, I think the team feels the urgency. I think we'll finally see that on the field in, in a comfortable blowout this week. Purdue wins 41 to 20. As for me, uh, Jay, as I said earlier, Purdue needs to begin winning and they need to begin fulfilling the Brom promise or Brahmas. Um, they need to, they need to do it now. It needs to start happening. They're two and two. It's time to start time to start fulfilling that promise. This is the year we thought it would happen. Um, these games ahead line up nicely for Purdue. It's time to reel off some decisive wins. The tools are there. The right guys are on the field minus big George. It's time to work. Purdue beats Rutgers 33, 24. As always, Thanks for joining us for the Predicto. Uh, We appreciate you. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your weekend. Be careful, be safe, and be good to one another.